Hey guys, it's David. Welcome to Sadness Town. This is the 13th episode of the Sadness Town podcast, recorded Saturday, February 28th at the Bathtub Republic in Washington, D.C. My guest on this episode is comedian Chelsea Short. This is a really fun episode, uh, and I know I say that about all the episodes, but I meant it then and I mean it now. Uh, don't want to take up too much time up front, uh, so I'll just say if you want to come to any future episodes of the podcast, or if you want to see me just doing stand-up, you can find all of my upcoming dates on my website at www.davidtweedy.com. Thank you for listening. I hope you guys enjoy this one. Somewhere down in Fullerton, but that's a place we used to go to get away from it all. Somewhere down in Fullerton, but that's a place we used to go to get away from it all. Hey guys, welcome to Sadness Town. How you doing tonight? It is Saturday, February 28th, and we are back home at the Bathtub Republic here in Columbia Heights, Washington, D.C. Uh, as always, I will begin with a ceremonial reading from the Sadness Town Charter. Item number one, this is a safe space. We're here to celebrate the fact that although being alive is a cruel and difficult thing, we're all much better at it than we used to be. Item number two, you were not cool in high school. You were a tragic, awkward car wreck of a human being and so was everybody else. Pretensions to the contrary will not be tolerated. Item number three, at the end of the show, everybody hugs. No exceptions. So this is Sadness Town. My name is David Twidey. I'm your host. This opening song is called Somewhere on Fullerton. It's by a band called Alistair. Uh, it's off their 2002 album, Last Stop Suburbia, which received two stars. Appropriate. From allmusic.com, who's described it as competent and well-played, but hardly original. And uh, so this song is just... I mean, I'm just going to start it over again because it's pretty short, but it's at least a minute too long anyway. So we're down on Fullerton. There's a place we used to go to get away from it all. Somewhere down on Fullerton, there's a place we used to go to get away from it all. Chorus. And then... You've heard that already. Vague longing. Oh, there we go. Somewhere down in Fullerton, there's a place that meant so much to everybody like me. Somewhere down in Fullerton, there's a place that meant the world to everybody like me. Chorus again. Uh, okay, and then there's a guitar solo, sort of, and then they do the chorus again, and then the song is over. So, that's, uh, that's two and a half minutes of music right there. And uh, let's recap what we've learned. Somewhere in Fullerton, there is both a place he used to go to get away from it all, and also a place that meant the world to everyone like him. He does not specify whether they are the same location. Uh, I just, like this is the this has to be the most rapidly written pop punk song of all time. It's like what do people like songs about? Places. All right, what's good about a place? I love it. Yeah, good. Let's put that in there. <laughs> Uh, but this is their third album on Drive Through Records, uh, so they had churned out two whole albums of material before they got to this gem. Uh, here to discuss this with me, please welcome my guest. She's a very funny comedian. Just sold out the fucking Wonderland Ballroom last night. I heard that was a really good show. Guys, Chelsea Short. Did you see how I made it backhanded at the end? I was like, I heard it was good. <laughs> well, it's it's hard to sell out a show that's not ticketed, but I did yeah. it. I did it. I did it. They just wouldn't let people. The one person that wasn't in there was the fire marshal. That's the only way we got away with it. Yeah. Do they have a very active fire marshal at the? No, one I doubt it. I doubt it. I mean, I don't want to speak to anything that I don't know for sure. Like, I'm sure that like no. it's a good business. I'm sure they got something covered there. Um. So, uh, did you ever get into any uh, any garbage like this? I guess, yeah. I mean, I grew up with a lot of white friends. Uh -huh. All my friends were white, so... Where'd you Where'd you go to high school? I went to Midlothian High School in Richmond, Virginia. Okay. In, like, Chesterfield in the suburbs outside Richmond. That's, like, where 
That's like the ancestral homeland of white people. I yeah, guess. it really is. It uh, really is. We had a great Latin program. So. Okay. One state in Latin, so. The, you can win state in Latin? Well, they put it on the walls. It was in the gym, so. I think they were just assuming no one would check. They put it in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> it's right next to, like, state basketball champions. No, no, no not it, that. Never that. That never happened? Never state basketball there was no, well, Okay, yeah, yeah, white. Uh, but... <laughs> That's so funny. They're just putting that up there, just ho- like no one's gonna notice. No one's actually gonna check whether there are Latin fights or whatever. Do they have meats? Yeah, they they traveled all over the state, I guess, doing Latin debate stuff. They did Latin debates. I don't know. I never really hung out with them. It was like it was like model uh, model U A. Except for yeah. like the Roman. Oh, it was a Senate bunch of nerds. Yeah. I, uh, it was my, uh, what, the school I was supposed to go to, it was my district school, but it was also uh, like the international baccalaureate program was there, so I, I did that. So I was like a super nerd going to that school. Oh, seriously? Yeah. And then I was like, this program sucks, I'm leaving. So I did it for like two years, ninth and tenth grade, and then I was a regular student. For... What, did, what did that actually entail? No, it's just like the classes were supposedly harder. Okay. Or your uh, your Spanish immersion program started one year before everyone else's. They, and wait, then you everyone had everyone had a Spanish immersion program. Well, I mean, whatever language that you took, they wanted you to take it real serious. Okay. <laughs> what else did they have available? Because I mean, the main ones are Spanish. I mean, and French. I mean, yeah, Spanish and French. Uh-huh. There was Latin, of course. Right. Um, yeah, you can't leave that. I out. think there was How German. How do you do Latin immersion? Like, all right, step into this portal. <laughs> And don't come back for a semester. No, everybody was real strategic with it. Like, a lot of kids were like, I'm doing Latin just so I could do well on the SATs because they're so important and I'll need it for the rest of my life. I guess. Did I miss the Latin portion? No, of the Latin, Latin was so huge. No, I mean, like. <laughs> Latin no, was huge. Well, Latin. At my school, Latin was big, but Latin is like uh, a lot of all these big SAT words come from oh, Latin sure. roots. Like root words. Yeah, so they, they did it just so they would so if you want to be like, better. Right, like those, uh, I mean, I remember doing spelling bees when I was in like the 6th <laughs> or 7th grade, and like the, I was a really good speller, and yeah. like, like there were some fucking kids who were like, oh, can I get the origin of that word? And it's like, you're, you're fucking 12, what are you going to do with but that like, information? Who like, whenever I did spelling bees, I never cared enough to like even repeat the word. I remember once I was the first up and I got out on the first word cuz I misheard what the teacher said, but I didn't care enough to like have her say it again cuz fuck the spelling bee. <laughs> Why? I don't know. That's it's like a... it's the one time in your life where that skill gets you anything. Yeah. Other. Like this was also before autocorrect too. This was <laughs> like it's kind of We don't of need a, it anymore. It's a dinosaur now. Yeah, it's yeah. totally outdated. But if we don't, it's like the Latin off now. Yeah, it's exactly the same. No reason for it. Uh, so, what year did you graduate high school? Two thousand five. Okay. Yeah. So you're a year ahead of me then. Yeah. Um, I'm old. You wanna you wanna jump into this shit? Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. This room is full of white people, so like they don't. If you were to play this song in in a whole bunch of black people, everybody would be humming along. This is Music Soul Child uh, with Just Friends, parentheses, Sonny. Uh, This is off his 2000 album, I Just Wanna Sing, (laughs) uh, which received three stars from allmusic.com who said that this album was sure to make an indelible mark on the R&B soundscape. Did that happen? Not, no. But not, it was it, was it a great album? Yeah, I love this album. The, the glassy stares but like, of it most was, of the audience. Yeah. <laughs> but like, he was part of this like neo, neo-soul movement where a lot of people were coming out and like, 
So a lot of music sounded like this-ish. Right. But it it didn't like hang around for a long time. Right. Yeah. This. I mean, the if you if you're listening at home, look up the cover of this album. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna spell it because it's ridiculous. But just type in "I just want to sing." Because it looks like the 90s threw up. <laughs> That's a visual joke that the people present at the podcast can't get on board with. Sorry, guys, uh, but look it up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is pretty popular. It peaked at number 24 on the Billboard 200. Oh, yeah. So uh, how old were you when this came out? This would have been like 8th, ninth grade? Yeah, maybe like ninth grade. Uh-huh. It was the shit. It was on the radio all the time. Everybody was singing along. Yeah. And every every young black guy thought he could sing this song. So that's... There were no pickup lines. There was just, like, going into this song. Really? Yeah. Where did he start? Did he start at the... Did he just come... Did they just come up and start going... <laughs> no. At the lyrics. At the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the lyrics are kind of sad, actually. Like, oh yeah, he is thirsty. It is yeah. thirsty. The idea, the idea of thirst didn't exist at the time. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. a modern. But oh my god, like one of the, it's like let's go to the movies sometime <laughs> or whatever. I don't care. Like, yeah, just just wanna, you know, I just wanna hang around. You're you're in the zone, man. You're not getting out. Yeah. Desperation. It's kind of harassing a little bit. A little too. bit, a little yeah. bit, yeah. Because he's just walking up to a woman and being like, "Hey, I'm gonna sing to you for it's a like, full thirty seconds." It's like a guy. You who, walked away, but I'm coming back for the second verse. <laughs> it's like the guy won't stop negotiating. Yeah. He's like, like it starts out like, "Hey, baby, how about you and me?" No, you didn't let me finish. I was gonna say just friends. Take a nice canoe trip together. <laughs> Or something less time-consuming. I don't know. We could just we just go to the same party and not even talk to each other. That'd be cool too. Uh, but yeah, this is a lot sweeter. This is like that that back half of the '90s. I feel like a lot of R&B music that was very kind of puppy love. It was very like. Huh. Yeah, this is definitely like D'Angelo Jr. Yeah. It's not not as sexy. <laughs> Right, it, it's like a good introduction to baby making music for if you're like 13 or 14. <laughs> like it's got the lush back vocals and everything, and it's got some bounce to it, but it's also like about just doing very chaste things with a lady. <laughs> We could just talk about you, girl. <laughs> That's another selling point. You don't even have to listen to any of my bullshit. I'll just... <laughs> I'll just listen to you. <laughs> what you got to say, I... boo <laughs> uh, and, and then there's just a sequel that's called, like, Why Don't Girls Ever Date Nice Guys? <laughs> <laughs> no, the second, the second single of this album would, uh, was really big. It was bigger. It was probably bigger than the first single. What was that one called? It was called Love. Half Crazy was his second, his second album. On the second album, I had it. Like, I had like the first three of them. I was so into this guy. I thought he was amazing. Uh, yeah, he was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any like specific memories from that, that period that you associate with this one? Just like singing in the car. Yeah. When it would come on the radio. And then just thirsty dudes coming. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> yeah. And then guys trying to like cipher this R and B song. <laughs> cipher meaning like around uh, people. It's usually oh. with like rap, like oh. a cipher. They like, like lay it down in a crew. Yeah, kind of. Like okay. <laughs> I'm such a I'm such a white dad. Right yeah. Now. Oh, you mean they'd get their crew together? <laughs> Just bust a move on this yeah. jam. I get it. I'm jiggy with it. I think I stole that from Doctor Evil. Like I know this is about how not cool I was in high school, but these are still jams. This one. This one's real good. This is Flowetry with Floetic. This is off their 2002 album, Floetic. Yeah. That album received three stars from AllMusic.com. Out of how many stars? It was uh, out of five stars. He said it was a good demonstration of how contrasting styles can be brought together to create an appealing whole. 
This is an appealing hole. Uh, but yeah, this is this is an English R&B duo. This album peaked at number 19 on the Billboard 200. This is Natalie Stewart, who's the rapper, also known as Flow Assist, uh, and Marsha Ambrosius. Which, why did you? Your stage name is Songstress, but what? Marsha Ambrosius. Yeah, she has a she has her own like. Uh, Career now as a solo artist. As is she just songstress now? No, she goes by her full name. Okay, good, yeah. good. I'm glad you're not hiding that light under a bushel anymore, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, this is one of my favorite genres of songs—the yeah. kind where a band in, or singer invents an adjective about, uh, like, based on themselves. Yeah, and then names everything. Based on that one Latin root word, flow a tree, flow a tree, kind of like Dream Street, just, where just the band was named Dream Street, right. the CD was Dream Street, and the single was Dream Street. <laughs> <laughs> and then later it was Dream Boulevard. Yeah, and then the <laughs> they branched out. Dreams and the Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Uh, yeah, that's a good song. So this came out in 2002, so you would have been, like, freshman, sophomore Yeah, sophomore, something like that, yeah. Okay. This was, like, what it meant to be black to me. Yeah? Yeah. I felt so connected to, like, Philly. Because that's where all this music was coming out of. They're English. Oh, but they moved to Philly. Like, oh, okay. And that's where this, this music soul child guy is from, too. Because that's where, like, oh, that's where the black music was coming from. All this soul music. Yeah. Was the city of brotherly love. So, know? like, what were your friends listening to? Were your friends into this same shit? They were probably listening to the bullshit you played at, at okay. the first song. Yeah, they yeah. were probably <laughs> listening to that. That was what I was fishing for. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but, so, how did you how did you discover the, like, the Philadelphia music scene of the early I think 2000s? I think my parents upgraded the cable package, and I finally got MTV Jams. And so I just watched that. That's huge, man. Yeah, MTV Jams. I, th- I think I've talked about this before, but like there was so much stuff that I only got because uh, we had we didn't have cable, but we had a fuzzy connection to MTV2 for some reason. Mm-hmm. And that was back when they just played music videos yeah. all day. So I would like when I was home during the summer, I would just leave music videos running. Like with static all day, and uh, that was how I discovered uh, System of a Down and a lot of other uh, angry white boy shit <laughs> on MTV too. Yeah, uh, but also LFO. Yeah, listen to oh, them a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was a big song that my friends were listening to. I just rem- I have a very keen memory of like uh, like making a grilled cheese sandwich while that video is playing, where they're like just busking. Yeah. In Toronto or something. You guys know what I'm talking about. The music video where LFO is busking in Toronto. You know what's up. <laughs> Am I thinking of the right band? Wait, LFO was New Kids on the... Oh, my they God. Were the, LFO was the three guys. Yeah. And they had that, like, Summer Girls, Abercrombie, I'm Fitch defi- song. No, who's, who did... Uh, uh, you're, you're back here, baby. Oh, that was J.J. Mack or something? That British band? J.J. Yeah, something like something that. Something like that, yeah. BB Mac. BB Mac. Yeah, yeah. BB right. Mac. Uh, so that's what it. <laughs> listeners at home, that's what it sounds like when I have a stroke mid podcast. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not mad at this. I like, I like this a lot. Like yeah. uh, they, uh, like they, uh, they're like the Sklar brothers of uh, R and B music. Like they talk <laughs> over each other and the vocals overlap. <laughs> Flow it, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Or yeah. I guess I should say the Sklar brothers are the flowetry of stand-up comedy. <laughs> yeah, who came first? Respect. I'm not, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I probably had a crush on that, on the lyricist. The flowicist, excuse me. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. That that is an interesting, I uh, hadn't even Women rapping that, is pretty gay. You, If you're not, if you don't have your ass out like Nicki Minaj, like Debrat. Gay. Yeah, we we haven't we gay. haven't mentioned this. You are you are in fact a gay. You I mean, I, I think it, I think it comes through in my voice. It's pretty. <laughs> it's dripping with gay. Well, I think people don't like to jump to conclusions <laughs> in this day and age. Uh, but who do you think was your first like uh, like female celebrity crush? Like in retrospect, because I know you were you were late to the party. On I it, but... w- that's super late. Yeah. <laughs> 
Rosario Dawson. Still my celebrity crush. Okay. Like when I was uh, when I was in my first year of college, Rent came out. Okay. And I played the fuck out of that soundtrack just loud in my in my dorm room. My roommate wanted to kill me for playing well, it. Well that would have so been a hate much. crime. It would have been, been I don't know. I wasn't gay at the time. <laughs> but I think well, they wouldn't be able to tell that from the crime scene. They'd just see that you'd played rent, the Rent soundtrack for days and days and days Days and days and, days, yeah. and days, yeah. And put it together like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is... But she was listening to Green Day, so I think it was, they were both awful. Oh, we which... We traded off. Which Green Day? Like, early... Stu- like, we no, just want to get high it? Green Day? Uh, no, they had that big album... When September ends, that the, the song was oh, the one. What, yeah. what, what album was that? That was uh, American Idiot. Yeah, yeah that just one. The most heavy, like we have thoughts on things now. It's like no one gives a shit, Green Day. Yeah. That's that album was so big though. Uh, yeah, it was it huge. A musical. It, and I loved it when it came out. Like I yeah. played the shit out of that. But like looking back. It, <laughs> I'll probably, man, I'm going to have to, I'm probably going to open the next one with one of those, because now you got me thinking, but it's just like, they developed a social conscience all of, all of a sudden, and they started, like, dressing like the cure, and it's like, shut up. Like, <laughs> like you have, like, 17 songs that are just about jerking off, and now you're just going to be, like, like, literally just about jerking it, and now it's just like, I don't think Bush is foreign policy, fuck you. <laughs> Let's keep moving. <laughs> it took so little to send me into a tirade on that. Let's just chill for a second here. Ah, whatever. This is Bob Marley with Redemption Song. There you are. This is off his 1980 album, uh, Uprising, which received four and a half stars from AllMusic.com, who said of the album, less than a year after the release of Uprising, Marley would succumb to cancer. (laughs) This album peaked at number 41 on Billboard's Black Albums chart, which I didn't even know was a thing. I think that's the precursor to the Billboard 200 chart, because I don't think... Black people are allowed on the Billboard 100, right? I don't know. Yeah, it was the separate but equal Billboard chart that was apparently still around in 1980. Uh, This song also ranked number 66 on Rolling Stone's Greatest Songs of All Time. So there are only 65 songs ever better than this one. If that sounds arbitrary to you, you're just not thinking about it hard enough. Uh, and this is uh, this is Redemption Song, not to be confused with Jar- the Christian band Jars of Clay's seventh album, Redemption Songs. I just thought that was a bold move by Jars of Clay to like, you know, like Redemption Songs. Then take that weed guy. We've seen him on T-shirts, but listen to a lot of Jars of Clay. When Did you? Yeah, because I spent a lot of time at Christian camp when I was in my middle school, uh, which, high school years. Which branch of Christianity? Which, uh, just, which, which just location? Just Christian. Uh, what was it? Camp Willow Run in like South Carolina, North Carolina, somewhere else. Uh-huh. Yeah. A lot, I, of, a lot of Christ up there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, just go to, <laughs> go to rural yeah. anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's a Jesus camp somewhere. I actually have a memory uh, of associated with Bob Marley and uh, Young Life Lutheran Bible Camp. Uh, uh-huh. They there was one there was one point where like I fell asleep in a in a field during the daytime while this song was play- like while Bob Marley was playing over the sound system and it was like one of the best naps I've ever had. And I think it's because Christ was cradling my song. <laughs> Uh, so how did you get into Bob Marley besides just I don't cultural know. I think osmosis? I, maybe I like stole my older brother's CD. I don't know. But this song was one of the first songs that I uh, tried to learn on the guitar. Okay. Because I, uh, I think like my senior year of high school, my parents bought me a, an acoustic guitar for Christmas, and they gave me like three months worth of lessons. Okay. And then went there and tried to learn this one. Yeah, it's a pretty ba- just a yeah, few uh, few different chords, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this shit is beautiful. I love this song. I mean, it is. like, 
I never really seek out, I never really, like, go to listen to Bob Marley on my own time anymore. Not but, anymore. <laughs> but, like, I'll just hear it someplace and be like, I feel a little bit better. Like, my day's improved a little bit. <laughs> In this, uh, fucking hellhole that is the earth, you know? I was really into him uh, for a while. So, but... Like, I mean, this is always, like, all the annoying white potheads are listening to this shit. Where, did you associate with any of them? Or did no, you just find not at all. Own? I found it on my on my own. I did not do any kind of drugs, okay. any kind of drinking while in high school. I was really, I was a loser. I was a loser. <laughs> oh, come on. That's not, I was in the orchestra. That's not fair. Dr- I was not cool. The drug doers are the real losers, Oh yeah, yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> they've given up on themselves. <laughs> So young, growing up so young. I used to, I mean, I used to be a young, a young lad with a promising future, and then drugs. <laughs> <laughs> now I host a podcast in a basement. <laughs> this could be you, <laughs> kids. <laughs> I am the, I am the cracked egg from that old commercial. This is a pretty famous commercial. I don't know what you guys are doing. Uh, this is uh, very atmospheric. Just like I just want to sit in this. This is Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor with Come What May. This is off the 2001 album Moulin Rouge! Exclamation point. Music from Baz Luhrmann's film. This received three stars from AllMusic.com. A robbery. Who said, at the very least, director Baz Luhrmann has created something different here. <laughs> Just the most... <laughs> Half ass, like, like, I guess that is like a three star, like, that is a three star sentiment. Like, I guess this is something. (laughs) Whatever this is, it ain't not a thing. Uh, So, this came out in 2001, and this uh, absolutely swept the nation. This was number three on the Billboard 200. And of course, the main single was uh, was Gucci. I believe it was in Latin. Oh yeah, it was Lady Marmalade, (laughs) Missy Elliott, and Lil Kim, Sin Aguilar, and Pink. Jesus, that's an all-star. Isn't it though? In the Hanna Barbera days, they could have fought crime. I think. Just get them all together. This uh, this CD and this movie changed my life. Yeah. This is what I did every Friday for like two years. Is just like sit alone and watch this DVD. Really? Without drugs. It was it was well, really nerdy. I don't know. I think the drugs would just make the movie longer and more annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, no, I mean, this is, none of this stuff ever connected with me because I'm like a like a like a like a male person, yeah. like, a, like a man. But uh, there was. I don't think there was a single teenage girl in all of America who didn't have this album when it came out. But I, I got onto it really late. I think I was like a junior. Because the DVD had already been out for a while. Wait, oh, so you were, yeah, okay. I, yeah. I totally missed it when it came out. And then all my friends were singing it. And I was like, I want to be cool. Let me do what you're doing. And then I did it way too much. <laughs> and I was still stuck on it after well, they had moved ta- on. How many times would you say you've seen the film Moulin Rouge? Like a hundred plus. Okay. Definitely. Like I watched it like every weekend, like twice a weekend at least. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was. That was all I was really going for. Like yeah. once, once it hits three digits, like I don't yeah, think it's, yeah. I was a mess. Uh, I was all about this. Did you get to a point where you skipped parts, or was it just like no? Straight Why through? skip anything? No. I could think of a few reasons if I had seen mm. it recently, but. I, uh, yeah, Ewan McGregor was hot as fuck at this time. Yeah. Uh, he was... All in all. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, he's just got such a great voice. Uh, <laughs> that was... I mean, he does. He nails this yeah. shit. And, uh, I meant his speaking voice, really, when I was... He's very velvety. Uh, 
But uh, yeah, this this movie blew away a lot of like this and Romeo and Juliet. Like Baz Luhrmann was shit hot for a while, and I yeah. think he still has a lot of cachet with uh, women from my generation. <laughs> like, like they're like, I'll go see this Great Gatsby shit. I don't Did know not what's see going that. Okay. Did not. That's progress. I, think I was like, no. Not into it. I didn't read The Great Gatsby in school. Kanye in the 20s, fuck you. Yeah. I didn't do a lot of reading when I was in school. Did a lot of math. Not a lot of reading. This song just keeps building. What happens at the end of this movie? She dies. Of what? Of some kind of STD. It's like syphilis, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Weird. <laughs> it was. Oh, was it? Was it? It was TB. She had. The, she had the consumption. That's a little better. That's a little better for like a movie that every eighth grade girl is obsessed with. Like, <laughs> She yeah she she got AIDS. I don't even know how. It's, it's not even time period appropriate. Awful. The government hasn't even invented that yet. Uh, okay, we got we got two more uh, and there was a spider. Yeah. Hey, little buddy. Fucker. The show's got a mascot. It's uh, I call him loneliness. (laughs) This is some uh, some WB era drama background music right here. Like, this is some One Tree Hill fucking shit right here. This song is called Bend and Not Break. It's by Dashboard Confessional. This is off their 2003 album, A Mark, Comma, A Mission, Comma, A Brand, Comma, A Scar. This album received four stars from AllMusic.com, who described it as cumbersomely titled... That is a real quote. This was apparently huge. This peaked at number two on the Billboard 200. Uh, With this song or this album? This album did. Yeah, yeah. I don't think this was one of the the actual singles off of it. Um, But this was this was like their second or third album. I failed to write that down. But it's the third. But if you if you guys remember their uh, Dashboard Confessional, their famous song was of course Screaming Infidelities, and uh, here are a couple other sample song titles. Uh, Again I Go Unnoticed, and uh, The Sharp Hint of New Tears. <laughs> the fucking jams. Oh, so many feelings. I still listen to some of these CDs when I like feel awful and I want to feel worse. Mm. Just put them on. Fits the bill. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember I remember being into equally terrible shit and still making fun of my friends for listening yeah. to this band. I, uh, I remember being like, Dashboard, ew, you wimps, like, the used, <laughs> man. Uh, it's basically the same, but he yells more. Uh, but yeah, he just feels everything so deeply. Yeah, so deeply. Uh, I remember when I first got, like, the first album I ever got from Dashboard Confessionals and my friend was like, you gotta listen to this, you gotta listen to it. So I popped it in the CD player and every single song sounds the same. Yeah. He's just crying over a guitar. Right. What was the, so the main ones were Screaming Infidelities and then Vindicated, Vindicated which I think was on the, the Spider-Man the 2 Spider-Man soundtrack. 2 soundtrack, yeah. Uh, which is, yeah, it's just the same thing. It's just yep. a guy yelling on the verge of tears. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> With some wimpy WB drama uh, uh, backing, and then some stuff. web slinging. Yeah, was course, in the video. Right. <laughs> right, yeah, it fit very well with the superhero situation in that. <laughs> the crying, yeah, perfect. Because sometimes I'm fighting Doctor Octopus and I feel the sharp hint of new tears. 
but I have to stay strong. I have to respect. Uh, I have to carry on my uncle Ben's legacy. He had a heavy, a heavy burden. He really did. Yeah. Oh. I don't. I just don't think that's a. Were, are you? Were you ever a comic book person? No. Okay. Comic books were not for girls. No. When I was younger. Okay. I mean, they still kind of are. They don't do a really great job of like cross marketing. No, they got fifty percent like, of the planet. It kind of every time, every time they do something for the ladies, it seems like kind of a desperate helmet. Her- it's like Thor's a lady now. Like <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's just you know you like Thor, but you're a lady. This is for you. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it it wasn't like something that my. I don't know who who buys you your first comic book, right? It's usually, like maybe like an older brother, maybe it's your father. Yeah. But I don't know. For me, that never happened because I was a girl, right? Right. You don't buy comic books for girls. No. So maybe I could have been into them, but no. I don't know who does buy you your first. Yeah, it feels like an older brother. I don't know how. I don't know how I became it. I think it was just cartoons. Mm-hmm. And then I, I was... watched a lot of Toonami as a kid. Oh yeah. That doesn't really count, but. Yeah, it didn't have cable, but I got the X Men. Uh, but yeah, so when, when this came out, so were you, this was like their third album, did you yeah. get on board with Screaming Infidelities, were you on the train right away? I think I remember watching it on like MTV2, and uh-huh. then changing the channel, because the song sucked, Yeah. and then after you, after you like, listen to the music long enough, you start to like it, it's kind of like... Stockholm Syndrome music. <laughs> you start yeah. to exist inside of it. Yeah. And like, it's like, no, they don't all sound reality. the same. This yeah. cry is different from this cry. They're distinct. Yeah. It, it, I mean, I uh, like. I just remember my friends being like, oh, the lyrics are so good. And I'm like, you can hear lyrics? I can't, I just... <laughs> <laughs> all I hear anytime. <laughs> and there's yeah there's a band behind it but it's much like, that, that Spider-Man 2 song he's like he's just singing at the top of his register the entire yeah. time it's like Vindicated I'm selfish it's like he's, you're like barely like you cannot call this singing like yeah. this is, this barely counts that's exactly what it's like uh but yeah I mean this was the shit that even emo kids were embarrassed to be caught listening <laughs> to I think yeah, he was big though for a while. Yeah, okay. this no. was crushing it. Number two on the Billboard the 200. Ladies. This album, crushing I had it. no idea this album was so huge. It was big. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got one left, and uh, you know, I just like to. I don't know what this is. I like to bring this show home on like kind of a kind of like a sexy oh, wait, groovy I know note. What it is. <laughs> <laughs> I got the biggest reaction from the teeny tiny crowd here. This is Justin Kim- Timberlake. Justin Kimberlake with Rot Your Body. Uh, this is on his 2002 album Justified, which received three stars from AllMusic.com, who said. He's un he's uneasy as a suave mature lover man, particularly because most of his state his stance is borrowed directly (parentheses) and rather improbably (and parentheses) from Michael Jackson. Uh, this sounds more like a Will Smith song to me, like with hindsight. Oh, you mean like Willennium type stuff? Yeah, yeah, like this. Like the the like the funk guitars, like the this is like garage band funk guitar riff number two or something like that. Like just listen to the beginning of this song and tell me this doesn't sound exactly like every other. Ha 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 ha! Hey ha uh, hey yeah uh uh uh! Big Willie in the house gonna tear it up gonna yeah whatever he does you know I can't. Like, uh, I almost freestyled as Will Smith there, but I, I pulled myself back before. But uh, yeah, it just feels exactly like. Maybe this was pro- this probably was offered to Will Smith first, and yeah, then yeah. it came because at like... the time Will Smith was a huge act, so we probably passed on this song, and it came to Justin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this was uh, this was Justin Timberlake's first solo album. Yes. There was a time when he was like. He was famously dating Britney Spears, and I think few would have uh, thought that Justin Timberlake would be the one who'd be uh, like 
commercially relevant 15 Not years later. Chelsea always knew. Well, I guess. Well, <laughs> well, my fa- my favorite in singer was Lance. I really thought I was gonna grow up and marry him, but wow, it didn't work out. We're both gay. Yeah. I wonder if you did that to him or vice versa. <laughs> Yeah, I thought he was really sexy. It's like a weird gypsy curse you put on you. <laughs> you know what? That follows. That's kind of like what my love is. Yeah. <laughs> a weird gypsy curse. I'm so so the song, right? I don't want to dig up too much shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is, like, this is perfectly serviceable pop music. I remember when this came out. Uh, so this was another one from early in your high school years. Yeah. And it was just like getting a lot of radio airplay. What's your, what's your like main image that you associate with this one? Oh, I remember the video. And then, because um, they, they did a behind the scenes like making of the video for MTV. And they showed you how it was done. But the coolest part about the video is that like there's a middle break towards the end where he just does beatboxing and it's horrible. And he's like he's like beatboxing into multiple cameras. Oh, it's like and when it's, he tries to it's act, really you know? bad. Yeah. Justin T- like JT is beatboxing? Oh yeah. And he's And you'll notice he's doing. never done it again. I mean it wouldn't have even occurred to me to look at, like, look for that. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I mean, he was. This album was trying so hard. Uh, I just remember when Sexy Back came out, like Prince issued a statement that's like, I don't know what this is about bringing Sexy Back. I've never left. <laughs> it's like a real thing that he did. It was like, Why? He sent a messenger from the Purple Palace to. <laughs> Tell show business that he was still there. Don't, oh. don't like just he didn't because even have an al- Prince pa- didn't have an album coming out. He just wanted to shit on somebody's parade. Yeah, yeah. which well, is cool. No, Do he it, was man. Upset they didn't pass him that sick ass Will Smith beat. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I would actually. I would really like to hear if I could make Prince cover anyone. It would be Will Smith. I think. <laughs> I want to hear his take on all the grunting up front. Will Smith's grunting. Ha 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 ha, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would actually be really interesting. Prince could make any song better, though. Oh, this is it. This is the beatbox. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a little bit of it. He, it's, it's an extended beatbox in the video. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to learn to beatbox tonight. <laughs> Masterclass. All right, guys, get ready. Your lines are boons, boons, boons. Boons, boons, boons. Oh, yeah? Extended edition? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Crank it up. Is this from the his music video? Yeah, it's from Rocky Road. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jason Nunez, everybody. This is coming through on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Take a good listen, everybody. That's what hubris sounds like. (laughs) That's my favorite part. Every like fifteen year old white woman, like white girl in the nation, thinks she could beatbox too. Yeah. It's, it was the end of hip hop. Yeah, this is this is the drum break that launched a thousand shitty Reggie Watts. <laughs> 
That's fucking amazing. I kind of want to do it again. <laughs> it's mesmerizing. This is... That sounds like the Ferris Bueller music, like, oh yeah. I just love the idea of like him doing takes of this and then listening to it on his headphones. It's like, we gotta do it again. I didn't get it that time. But then he ended up with this and he's like, perfect. Let's just let this play out here. Oh man, yeah, I uh, like he's clearly hacking a lot of people, but I mean that's sort of like he's done that pretty well his whole career. So yeah, I think there's a place for that. Yeah, his his latest album, what is it? The first he did a like a d- double album, the 2020. What is it? Whatever the fuck it was. First future love sex music or whatever. That no, was, that one was the one before. Okay, this was the 2020 experiment or something like that, wasn't it? He, no, JT fans. Y'all know I went to the, the I went to Target and got the like special Target edition because it had <laughs> bonus tracks. I did it twice because he he had like no he had like one CD and bonus. then like three months like six months later he he here's I, the one where he tries. I got to the bonus them. tracks. I listen, I'm a JT fan. I never gave it up. Yeah. And it's the second album is complete shit. The first album's alright. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's pretty decent pop music. I think it holds up just fine. I think there's a place for him in our culture. I'm sure he's relieved to hear that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's made a lot of bad movies. I heard <laughs> one or two of them weren't total shit. Uh, he made that. Oh my god! Yeah, he made. He's not a very good actor, and like the one, the one role that he did well in was the social experiment. Remember that Facebook movie? The and then network, he was yeah. so butthurt that nobody gave him awards for being like, halfway decent at like acting. <laughs> He was like, I didn't even get a SAG nomination. <laughs> Do you remember that SNL sketch? He did. He hosted SNL, and like, they in one sketch, they referenced how he got no Golden Globe nominations or nothing, and he was like, Who really, was... guys? Justin Timberlake. I'm amazing at everything. No nominations. Who was saying? Like, who was clamoring for an award nomination for Justin he Timberlake? Was. Okay, was only Justin. him. <laughs> only him. Well, it was like when uh, when Moneyball came out. Like Jonah Hill got like a, got like a best supporting <laughs> yes. Oscar nomination, and I was like, Yeah, who knew that Jonah Hill could be, play like an awkward nerdy guy? <laughs> in a little bit of like, here's here's his here's his best supporting actor in that movie. It's like. Uh, yeah, he's got an OP, uh, OBP of thir- 389. We gotta sign him. And then Brad Pitt's like, okay. <laughs> End of scene. Like, there's nothing <laughs> for him to do. But like, Justin Timberlake is in a movie where he's like, listen, dude, you gotta get rid of that guy and make your company cool. And then he's like, give me the mo- Like, show yeah, me the fucking awards. Fuck you, JT. I've come full circle on it. Get him out of here. Yeah, that's how, that's how, I, that's how I felt after listening to the second half of the, his double album. First first half I was like, yeah, oh, let's do it. So it was second half I was like, fuck this. <laughs> was it well, okay, was it because the first half was so much better than the second half or the no, first the half first, just the first, wore you no, out? No, the first half is like average like, oh, I'm going to do black music from the 80s and right. and then release it now and you're like, oh, cool, this was cool black music in the 80s it's good (laughs) and then like the second half the second half is just like this is all the things you should have left in the studio like you should (laughs) never have released this to anyone yeah and like all that beatboxing here like if you guys were to listen to like TKO which is Justin Timberlake's like single from his second half of the album Timberland is the one who's doing all these dumbass beatboxing stuff (laughs) oh it's so stupid learn your lesson man yeah no Timberland's really the was. fucking worst. That's how Justin Timberlake learned how to beatbox from Timberland. And, like, 
Timberland needs to give it a rest. Like use that a, was his like tutor, use a like drum Timbal- machine, please. T- Timberland just beatboxes all of his beats, and yeah. it's like. This ain't Seinfeld. Dude. You don't have to just use mouth sounds. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, there's technology that you can use to make yeah. something pleasant happen here. No one wants to Timberland hear Timberland has been using the same shit from, like, 92. <laughs> I just love that he's, like, tutoring white <laughs> pop stars on yeah, beatboxing. Basically. Like, he's got, like, Lucy from Charlie Brown. It's just a nickel. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got got real specific there. Uh, We could keep talking and look for a point to dismount, but you guys, give it up for Chelsea Short. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for coming. I appreciate your smiling faces. Do you have anything to plug? Any place that people can find you if they're listening at home? You can follow me on Twitter at ChickaChelsea, and I have a really cool show coming up March 27th. Well, what's at that? Impact Hub in Chinatown. Okay. It's uh, I'm leading like a comedy workshop for transgender and queer persons of color. Cool. So all my students are going to get on stage, and people should come. All right. I'm really proud of them. Uh, send me a link to that, and I'll put it on the episode when I post it. Hell uh, that sounds yeah. great. Uh, but one more time for my guest Chelsea Short, everybody. Thank you. Follow the show on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at Twight Privilege. Uh, Stand up dates at davidtwighty.com. Thank you very much. I love you all. And remember, nothing is going to be okay.